Welcome to another Fox Rugby podcast. We're in the playoff final week, the qualifying final week this week with the Rebels taking on the Reds. And I tell you what, I need a cold shower after what we witnessed on the weekend. Rod Kafer, you were with me alongside me for that call, the Rebels and the Force. What a nail-biter. Well, the first thing that concerns me, Swaney, is you needing a cold shower. But I'm just <laughs> going to park that for a second and me being beside you. Forget about that. It was a hell of a game, um, really, you know, intriguing game, just the balance and the, and the way things, the ebb and flow of a game of rugby, the, the, the um, momentum as it swings and swung back. It was fantastic to watch. Great to be involved in. Yeah, it certainly was. And a man who was right in the thick of it, Bill Meeks, he joins us from the Melbourne Rebels. Bill, uh, talk us through it, mate. That, that last couple of minutes... Um, you guys were hammering the force line and you, you finally came up trumps, but with not much time left on the clock. I mean, not much time on the clock sort of worked in our favour, I think, um, in the end. But, yeah, it was um, a ripper of a game. It's probably the tightest one um, with as much on the line as I've ever been involved in. Um, I think the lead-up to the game, the nature of the game, everything that's gone on in the past, um, you know, between all the players and the, the two clubs, it was always going to be an emotional one. Um, it was always going to be a spectacle and... Um, you know, full credit to the Force boys. I think they've obviously been through a fair amount this year and it's, it's great to have them back in Australian rugby. And, um, you know, it was devastating seeing those guys at the end of the game so upset. You know, they've, they've obviously um, haven't managed to get a win this year but come, come so far and so very close. But, um, you know, for us, it was, um, you know, just satisfying to get the win. We sort of grabbed that and run and fly into the finals. Um, Dave said, I'll, I'll take four points at the start of the week. So, um, yeah, no, we got there in the end and uh, the boys are pretty pumped. And tell us about um, those last few moments. Just the tension, mate. I mean, you've played a lot of big games. You've played a lot of rugby through your life. You said it was one of the, the toughest last couple of moments. What, what's that emotion like? Um, I suppose in the heat of the battle, it's it's pretty frantic. Um, you've got 15 guys um, that are all trying to call something. There's a lot of white noise and... Um, at the same time, you've got people like Matty Tamua who are just trying to steer the ship and, um, you know, they, they know what needs to be done. I, I know Matty was – I know we saw a lot of opportunity out wide um, in that in that um, last couple of minutes and uh, we decided to not shift the ball there. Um, obviously, the conversion was um, pretty important in that scenario. Um, you know, whilst Matty backs himself out there, I think he said, you know, we can we just stick to our structures and – chew the clock down and we'll, we'll get a result because we, we've been doing pretty well throughout the game, just getting held up, unfortunately, in a couple of times. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was pretty clear around his instructions and um, in the end, the, the forwards did the job and um, we backed them to do that. Um, and luckily, it's been off. luckily for us, there was only a minute on the clock, so Puck could chew that down and um, kick went over and, yeah, here we are. There were some pretty tense moments, as Cave said, around the, the TMO decision as well. I mean with Effie Marfu reaching out and putting the ball down, I mean, it looked for all money like a try, right? But but you couldn't see the ball on the line. And then it took a quick thinking, Cabo Seeloff, to pick it up and put it on over the line. Uh, like, what what was being said in the huddle behind, um, you know, behind the 50 when you guys were back, uh, run, had run back from the try line? Yeah, well, I mean, Effie was pretty certain that he'd put the ball down. Obviously, everyone that was around him at the time saw the ball hit the line um, and, you know, for whatever reason, um, Angus couldn't quite see it. And then obviously upstairs, there wasn't a clear shot of it hitting the line. Um, 
and lucky big big caboose um, sniffed it out and grabbed the ball and chucked it over the line for the second time. So, you know, that's all. You know, sometimes that happens. The, the camera doesn't quite catch what we see right in the in the flesh. But um, yeah, very lucky. Um, Cabos was there to, to finish it off. Hey, Bill, I tell you, I, after that, and we were watching it, and Twain and I called it live. We knew it was a try. We knew if you'd really scored, didn't get there. Funnily enough, I got a phone call from um, the TMO, um, James Leckie, when I was on the way home after the game. He rings me, and he, we had a good conversation, had a chat, and uh, he said that, of course, they knew it was a try as well, but they just couldn't see it, so... He was looking for any yeah. reason to reward you the trial. Like they know what's going on, those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good tough. Values. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, they did it. It was a, it was a good it was a good job. What have you found? Look, just let me ask you a random question about the refereeing. We've seen actually um, you know, different refereeing probably in this competition than what we've probably seen in super rugby. Things have been maybe let go a little bit looser, perhaps. Um, we're not seeing the real pedantic stuff around high tackles and some of that stuff. What's your read on it? so far this season, Bill? Uh, I think I think the refs as a whole were pretty clear leading into the competition about the new rule changes. Um, and we probably had ample time to um, adjust to them. Each team had a sort of a plan around what we're going to do in regards to the new rules. Um, I certainly think the breakdown stuff has been far more diligent. Um, you know, we're seeing teams that are um, showing really good pitches at breakdown getting rewarded. Um, and then on the flip side of that, people who are trying to probably cut corners and might have got away with it in the past um, are being punished for that. So um, I, you know, I'm really liking the, the diligence around the breakdown. It's allowing really good on-ball sevens to show good pitches um, and get paid for what they're, what they're good at. And then, yeah, on the flip side, I suppose, for people that maybe would sniff a few penalties throughout a game um, or throughout a season are probably just standing off that, allowing for free-flowing rugby um, in that area. So, yeah, I've, I've really liked the new rules. I think... Um, the getting held up in, in goal is, is an interesting one. Obviously, um, you can talk about it all you want, but when you're a metre from the line, you're still going to go for it. And maybe that's something to consider, um, trying to create quick ball again and um, get a definite try on the next phase. So, Because, um, you know, a five-metre scrum is a good outcome. A dropout, probably not so much. You're back into attacking structure, not, not so close to the line. So, yeah, it's been an adjustment. Um, yeah, but it's been, it's been cool to see everyone uh, adjust to it. How have the lungs been throughout some of those games? Because uh, does it? Feel, I mean, it feels like the game. Just from watching it, it feels like it's been faster. Has it been, or is, is it? Is it? How, how would you compare it to, to Super Rugby? Yeah, it's it's been pretty similar. I'd say it's definitely been a little bit faster. Um, it's just probably certain areas of the game that have just quickened up. Certainly, that um, drop out when you get held up is probably the main one because you have eight forwards from each team going toe to toe. Um, for a couple of minutes there and then the ball's held up, you kick the ball straight away and you're expecting your, your type five to get back 30 metres and get ready to attack. So something like that is, is a pretty quick turnaround as opposed to resetting, taking a couple of minutes to take a scrum. So, yeah, I've, I've noticed the pace pick up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, pretty pretty similar all around, I'd say. How important, Billy, was it to, to actually just get this monkey off the back for the team and to get into a finals, even though it's a, a smaller competition, um, still, the notion of achieving that must be uh, pretty satisfying. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's massive for us, mate. It's uh, it's obviously something the club's never done. Um, it's a it's a goal that we've had for a couple of years. We, you know, we've missed out so narrowly in the last couple of years, and you know, to finally get there, there was a couple of senior members of our staff with a tear in their eye after the game. To, it just shows how much it means to them, and 
and the club, we've had some amazing messages of, of support from our uh, Rebels family back home, um, who unfortunately can't get to games this season. So, mate, it's it's huge for us, and now it's just so exciting because it's it's unprecedented for us. We're into finals footy. We get an opportunity to to go one step further if we can beat the Reds and you know play in a Super Rugby Grand Final. Regardless of the fact that it's Super Rugby AU, it's still a, for us a Super Rugby Grand Final. So it's it's nothing but exciting. You would have watched or you would have seen by now probably what happened on Saturday night after you guys um, made it through to the finals. The Reds, it was a pretty uh, emphatic statement against the Brumbies. Uh, they were pretty impressive. What did you, what did you make of that? And um, what are you expecting from them this weekend? Yeah, I think, um, I think the Reds are a super impressive team. Um, obviously, they showed that against the, the Brumbies on Saturday night. They... They're very, very good around exiting their half. Um, I think James O'Connor runs that side of the game um, very, very well. And then their big boys are extremely physical. Um, they obviously take a lot of confidence out of their scrum time. Um, and then um, the way they move the ball in attack is, um, you know, cause a lot of uh, problems for the Brumbies. So um, got to give the Reds a lot of respect. They're, they're a very good team who are playing well at the moment. Um, you know, but for us, we've, we've probably... We've had a good good results against the Reds in the past, um, so we can take some confidence from that. And then, obviously, um, you know, travel is probably something that a lot of people are talking about. And we've done this trip once this year, so we can take some confidence around having already done that. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, as I said, we've had some good results, so confident we can get the job done on Saturday night. They're a young team, Bill. You blokes have got a few good young players as well. A couple of these guys have burst onto the scene this year. Trevor Hosea, Pony Farmer, Silly. Tell us a little bit about maybe those couple of characters, if you can. Yeah, they're, they're big for us on the field and just as big off the field. They're, they're as you said, they're big characters. Um, born and raised in Melbourne um, and certainly we'll let you know about that. They're, um, they nickname themselves the Burn Boys, so Melbourne Boys. Um, and they, they're a pretty tight-knit group. They all, um, they all encourage each other. They train together. They do their extras together. They eat their food at you know, lunchtime together. They, they do everything together. And um, you know, I've, I've been at the club for three years now. And when I first got here, they were, they were really young and sort of academy-type players. And now to see them come through and just be such dominant players in this competition, uh, it's really nice that we're starting to talk about the Rebels' young guns as well. So uh, they've been a huge rock for us this year. And no doubt they'll play a big role in us going well in the finals. Yeah, you've got um, some young guns in that in that team, but there's also a lot of experienced heads, you know, including yourself. Uh, what, what is what does their calmness add to the to the team? I mean, you probably saw that a little bit on the weekend against the Western Force. Yeah, I think you know having players like obviously Matty Tamora uh, and, and Dane Halapetti, um, and in to a sense Matty Phillip, whilst he's still young, he's um, he's directing the forwards around uh, tremendously well and taking a big step up in that area around lineout time. Um, but it's always nice to just when you're in pressure moments, just just feel a sense of calmness when you're looking at them and they're explaining what's happening next. Um, you know, when you're under the sticks, that's often a time when people can, the minds can start to wander. You look up at the screen and you see where you missed a tackle or stuff like that. But they're, they're very smart around and very um, diligent around having everyone locked in and just providing a calm sense of um, what's happening next. And um, no doubt, now, Dad, if we're going to win this weekend, they'll have a huge role to play around the team. 
Kaif, you, um, I was just going to say, Kaif, you would have played in teams with those type of experienced players in squads as well, uh, with those calm heads. Uh, you know, back in the day when the Brumbies, for example, were at their, their, their dominant best, they probably still are at the moment, you could probably argue, but, um, you know, who were the types of guys that were, that were awesome at that? I think every every good team, Swanee, as you know, has always got strong leaders. Most good teams have got many, many different people who can lead in different circumstances. And I think um, you know, the, the era when um, I was lucky enough to play in some good sides, there was probably 10 or 15 guys you could select as captain. And there'd be probably three or four who you'd never want as captain anyway. <laughs> but there were plenty of blokes around who were great leaders. I was lucky enough. I mean, one of our, our co-commentator, George Gregg, and I tell you what, you, you never wanted to ever let George down because he never let anybody down. He had the, the greatest set of death eyes you've ever seen on a human being if you ever made a mistake. He never spoke to you. He just looked at you and you crawled into a shell. But <laughs> I, I can remember being in games where there was less less than 10 minutes to play and you'd be behind, you'd be behind by quite often in games tend to play, you might be behind by less than 14 points, knowing you've got to score two converted tries. And I can remember so many times being in those scenarios and having the capacity to come back and win games, both for the Brumbies and the Wallabies, did it time and time again, close games. And it was all about having a belief in the last 10 minutes that you can score 14 points and get it done. And it's a little bit similar. And, and, and those teams always had a habit of finding a way to win. And it's a little bit like perhaps really what you guys went through. You knew you had to win by four. If they'd said you had to win by 14, I bet you would have just ended up scoring a winning by 14. It's almost like you set that as the benchmark. You know you can do it. You just got to hang in there and get it done. It seemed like that to me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a good point there, Kaif. And um, look, this weekend against the Reds, I, I, one thing I'm really looking forward to, um, you mentioned him before, Pono Farmer if he gets out there on the field, um, he's hoping he, he's all fit because I, I heard he got caught chipping and chasing last week and did his hammy. Um, maybe you can explain that to us as well. But his battle with Taniella Tupo was one of the highlights of the last time you guys uh, went head-to-head up there at Suncorp Stadium. Um, you know, that probably registers on the Richter scale, Billy. Yeah I'd, yeah, I'd assume so, mate. There's two big 140-odd kilo blokes running at each other. So, um, yeah, Pone, Pone had a little incident training last week. Um, you know, we're often telling guys like Pone and Issy Nasarani to just calm down when we're doing clarity days because, you know, we're only meant to be running at 40%. But Pone's found himself in a big hole. And obviously, for a big man, he moves quite well. And he's he's stepped the fullback wing is coming across and he's put in a little chip, chip and chase. Um, and yeah, pulled up a bit sore from that, but um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good to see Pone firing again this weekend. Um, and you know, I, I like seeing big blokes like that go at it as well. Um, on the rugby field, um, it's exciting to watch, and uh, I'm sure Pone will be trying to get one up on Nella for sure. You've yeah, got a pretty, pretty exciting, I was going to say, you've got a pretty exciting back line as well, um, Billy. Lots of and 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 you're you're playing sort of you know, you've played a couple of different roles in this team over the years now, one adding some impact off the bench later in the game. It's a, it's a hard fought um, opportunity in that back line with some, you know, decent blokes there to contend with. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, I think obviously everyone wants competition within a squad to, to get the best out of each other. And 
Um, I think we've all had different roles to play throughout this year. And I think that was always going to be the case, given the fact that we only had a certain amount of people on the road um, and you had to sort of share game time. And, um, you know, we, we were lucky we had someone, you know, like Andrew Deegan, who could step up and play such a such a pivotal role for us at 10, which allowed Matty Tamur to play at 12, um, which he's done so well, you know, both for club and at a national level. And then you've got, you know, big frames like Hodgie, who can play anywhere in the back line if you need him to, um, Campbell Magne in the centres. Um, so it's it's really a blessing for us to have to have that. Um, and, you know, I'm really enjoying playing outside Pup at the moment. Um, you know, again, he, he provides a great sense of calmness for me um, and early ball at the same time. So, um, yeah, I think we've been quite lucky with the, the players we've had on tour and um, being able to share the load quite well. Yeah. Yeah, you've been on tour for you know for a couple of months now. Um, no doubt that's been hard, and it's been spoken about a lot. Uh, what what has been the hardest part about being on the road for that long? Um, besides rooming with Matty Phillip for <laughs> two and a half months, um, mate, probably just being away from from family um, for most of the guys. I think there's been some incredible sacrifices um, from a lot of guys and. Staff members too, you know, Marika's got a couple of kids and his wife back in Melbourne who he hasn't seen for, um, you know, two and a half, three months. So that's a, that's a huge sacrifice. Um, a couple of our coaches have got similar situations with young families back home. But, um, you know, it's, it's actually been a blessing for us. We've become a, a really tight group. Um, you know, it's forced us to adapt a lot. We've, we've had to play every single game away uh, in this competition, which is, which is not an easy thing to do when you consider how how easy it is, or how much better it is to, to play at home in front of your fans, um, and yeah, just just being just being away from family probably. But you know, for us, the conversations been obviously it's been a big sacrifice. But you know, two more weeks and then we can celebrate a, a winning a Super Rugby competition would be pretty pretty special. And um, you know, it'd probably just cap off all the sacrifices that everyone's made. What do you have to do, Billy, to beat um, the Reds? What needs to improve this weekend? Uh, probably a couple of things, Cave. I think our, our defence, um, when they get into sort of our try line, into our 22, I think we just need to go up a level there. That's probably somewhere where we've just been a little bit soft at times. Um, and we just we just need to up, up the ante there. And then then for me, it's probably on the flip side of things. Once, once we do get into the 22, I think we're right up there statistically in terms of how many times we get there in a game in the competition, but actually just coming away with points each time, um, yeah. looking after the ball and just building pressure. Um, and then probably just to cap it all off, I think we've spoken about a lot about this week is, you know, courage and defence in, in finals wins games. So um, just really dialing up the emotional side of things, um, letting the leaders lead and the rest of us just head down and work hard. Last time you were up at Suncorp Stadium, it was, uh, you know, a tough old game and, and they called it mm. the Great Wall of Milton, the Queensland Reds. That's what they were calling their defensive line. What have you got to do to, to bash that down this week? You're bringing sledgehammers. Yeah, it'd be nice if we could pack them. No, it's um, yeah, it's not an easy place to, to go and play. I think it's I think it's going to be uh, wet and grumbly old day as well. So I think it's going to be one hell of a game to watch. Um, for us, it's probably just being able to to hurt them in different areas of the game. You know, I think we need to be able to kick the ball well. We obviously need to be able to run the run the ball well and move the ball around. So just having that adaptability and having a little bit of variety in our game uh, is definitely going to do us well and try and shift that defence around a little bit, a little bit more than we did last time. One of the things that I've noticed, Billy, about the, the way the team's evolved defensively, you know, at the start of the season, you were really um, fast, real fast line speed in defence, and you try to really, you know, choke teams off back on the inside all of the time. 
maybe you've made an adjustment to the way you're defending in the last little bit. It hasn't seemed to be quite as uh, frantic. I think I think defending that way can can sometimes it can often um, end up really well, but then uh, you're sort of counting on landing in landing in a couple of passes and landing man and ball. And when you don't get that, um, you can often find yourself in a in a little bit of trouble. But I think probably just adapting a little bit and being a little bit more versatile in area and trying to trying to defend in two different ways. Obviously, you can you can solve and get teams to an edge and then try and get up off the line. Um, but the main thing around our, our defence is probably our discipline just hasn't been quite up to scratch. Um, soft penalties, easy penalties, it just allows teams to sort of walk up and piggyback up the field. So um, there's no use planning to, to get up off the line if you're giving silly penalties away. So that's probably the, the area we need to tighten up a little bit in. Now, Billy, there's just a little bit on yourself, mate. Now, I know that um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a brand that I, I think is fantastic because I'm a bald man too. You've got a, a brand, a fashion brand called Bald. Um, can you tell us a little bit about I that? Um, Kay, feel the odd one out here, mate, so if you want to just hit the pause button or whatever. Uh... <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I started um, – I've always had an interest in fashion and clothing and stuff like that, and I, I sort of started my own brand about – about a year ago now um and it was probably just around the fact that i think i think in society in general um baldness is seen as as a downfall um and all you see is ads about trying to get your hair back and regrowth and all that kind of stuff and i know when i bought uh finally bit the bullet and shaved the head um i found a whole new a whole new level of confidence in something that i should have done two years earlier so um it's probably just trying to embrace the bald side for everyone out there um and have a bit of fun with it and then yeah, just make some make some stuff that people can wear as well. So nothing nothing too serious, but yeah, just a little bit of something for me to do on the side. All power the, to what, you, brother. All power to what, you. What's the range, Billy? What's what's the main sort of gear? Where where can our bald viewers get some of it? You know, there's plenty of them out there. There is plenty of them out there, um, mate. It's all it's all online. So website um, baldco.com.au, and it's yeah, hats, tees, hoodies, singlets, um, just all your basic stuff. So. Yeah, get around it to all our bald family out there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. My my dad's bald as well. Maybe something for Father's Day, belated something for Father's Day uh, or birthdays and Christmas coming up too, mate. That's okay. For have you ever thought about, mate? There's a bit of Devon on the back there. What are you (laughs) thinking of just shaving? I've had that Devon. In fact, I was once we we once were doing a video session after we played the Crusaders at the old Jade Stadium in 2000. It was a night game and it was wet and we were doing the shot and the camera had focused right into this bald spot in the back of my head. <laughs> and the boys took great delight um, back then of highlighting it, slowing it down. This was on the old VHS days. This was well before sports <laughs> VHS. And we're watching that bald spot on the head and everyone was predicting that I'd be bald within a couple of years. And look at this bad boy. Mate, it's gone down this way. Still there <laughs> three is. years later. Just a bit of salt and pepper, mate. That's all. Maybe that's another brand that you could, uh, you could, uh, you, go. you know, another brand, right? Salt and pepper. <laughs> for the for the grey haired old blokes like me. Yeah, Mr. Sheffield. Well done. Um, righto, Billy. Look, mate. We won't keep you for too much longer. I just want to talk to you just quickly about your aspirations going forward. Obviously, um, you know, Wallaby squads are going to get announced as well. You've been involved in in and around Wallaby squads before. What are your aspirations for the next part of your career? Um, yeah, look, I think in terms of contract-wise, I think we put all that stuff on pause for the last couple of months just 
um, probably waiting for a little bit more clarity around what's happening uh, with the competition next year. But um, yeah, aspiration wise, I think, you know, everyone that's playing in Australian rugby should, should be aiming to play for the Wallabies. And that's certainly a goal of mine. Whilst, um, you know, I probably, probably haven't been playing as well as I would have liked this year um, in certain areas. Uh, we've still got two games to prove, um, you know, what I'm about. So, you know, that's definitely still a goal of mine to play to play at the next level. It always has been and um, always will be. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm loving my time in Melbourne. Um, you know, I've got a great relationship with all the staff and the coaches and we've got an incredible bunch of boys here that, um, you know, hopefully we can continue on into the future. So, mate, I'm loving my time here and, you know, fingers crossed I can stay here as well. Oh, well, mate, we wish you all the best this weekend against the Queensland Reds. Um, you know, uh, hopefully it's not as nail-biting uh, for you as it was last time because... <laughs> So I don't have any nails left on these fingers. They're, they're gone. Tell you what, so. hey, hey, Billy, it's worthwhile noting. Swanee's a mad Reds fan, you know what I mean? And that, and that was one of the worst. Yeah. That was one of the worst I wish you the best this weekend <laughs> I've ever heard. Yeah, there'll be no Oscars. No Oscars coming your way, mate. <laughs> uh, come on. Not in the commentary box. I'm impartial. Oh, no, no, Not in the commentary box. It's all even. <laughs> You can't take the Queenslander out of Queensland, even though you grew up in WA, Swaney. Lucky Clark, he's calling this weekend, hey? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not allowed to. That's it, that's it. Oh, well, mate, well, sincerely, good luck uh, this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that was better. That was better. <laughs> we, uh, we wish you all the best this weekend. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Billy. Thank you, Kaif, as well. And thank you for those of you at home and particularly to our bald listeners. Um, thank you for, for listening. We will catch you next week for a preview of the final. The best.